From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. There's a relatively new way of delivering radiation therapy in tandem with cancer surgery. It's called intraoperative radiation therapy, or IORT, and here to explain how it works is surgeon Lisa Lai and radiation oncologist Anna Shapiro. Welcome to you both. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. Let's start with an explanation of what this therapy is. It stands for intraoperative radiation therapy. Does that mean it's radiation given during the operation? Yes. Dr. Lai? um, This is a treatment for women with early stage breast cancer and small tumors. So they are um, planning for lumpectomy. So they come and have the surgery to remove the tumor. And then after the surgery is complete, a balloon is placed inside the tumor bed and a focused radiation dose is delivered right to that site. Inside the balloon? Yep, right into where the tumor used to lie in the breast. Okay. Then we remove that balloon, um, close up the cavity, complete the surgery, and um, the patient has completed both their surgery and their radiation for breast cancer all in one day. Wow. And does that eliminate the need, Dr. Shapiro, to have radiation afterward? That's exactly right, Amber. Um, This treatment really represents evolution in our thinking and um, technological advances in radiation. You know, we went from mastectomy to breast conserving treatment, and we've been doing breast conserving treatment, which is lumpectomy followed by whole breast radiation over the last 20 plus years. We recently, in the last 10 years, have moved to a shorter course of whole breast radiation, which is a three-week course. More recently, we really started to focus just on the lumpectomy cavity. This is really based on observation that what we're trying to do is kill microscopic disease that's left after surgery, and the area that's most likely to harbor the disease is really immediately around the lumpectomy cavity in the tumor bed. So we're able to do that by placing the balloon and an internal radiation source directly inside the balloon. So what it does really is it minimizes... Uh, surrounding normal tissues from radiation exposure. So when we're talking about left-sided breast cancer, heart, lung, underneath we have a rib um, that we're trying to minimize the radiation exposure to. It allows us to do that. So um, this is the reason why we're able to deliver a single dose of radiation because we're so precise. And uh, I think patients will greatly benefit from that. I was going to ask, Dr. Shapiro, from the radiation Mm -hmm. oncologist's point of view, Mm -hmm. what's the benefit of this procedure? Is it just less risk to the surrounding tissue? That's right. It's really um, improved targeting, so less risk to surrounding tissues, which in the long run will lead to less radiation toxicity, less side effects. And really being able to visualize the cavity in the operating room Um, allows us more precise radiation delivery, so less chance of missing your target, and, uh, you know, hopefully it'll lead to less recurrences, less toxicities. Neat. Um, And Dr. Lai, is there anything you'd like to add from sort of the surgeon's point of view about the benefit of doing things this way? You know, certainly we have all the benefits in terms of the clinical aspects, treating the cancer. This is certainly a very good and safe treatment for early-stage breast cancer. 
Um, but also we must consider the um, patient factors and convenience factors. So, you know, breast cancer never strikes at a, a good time in life. We're busy people, and we have more important things to do. So this kind of um, condenses the treatment. Um, when a patient would ordinarily have a lumpectomy, spend a few weeks recovering, and then go on to have somewhere between three to six weeks of radiation, you know, in an outpatient center, traveling there Monday through Friday. Um, now we're able to complete both the surgery and radiation in one day so patients get back to their normal lives much quicker. And, you know, I think it's also um, important for patients who live far away. This is improving access to health care. Um, so, you know, as the way we have the program set up currently, we are the first place to offer this in central New York. Um, the other nearby centers are all in New York City. So um, this is an opportunity for a patient who's potentially able to travel to come for one day and to complete the treatment. Um, you know, they may not live close to a radiation center, so if they had to go you know, for a couple of weeks, um, that would be a major inconvenience and burden sure. on them and their family. So um, mm -hmm. it certainly makes treatment easier for patients. Now, you've said that it's for early stage breast cancer, so that means breast cancer that hasn't spread, right? So right. Um, beyond that, um, how do you decide which patients are eligible for this type of procedure? As long as they have an early stage, does that mean anyone would be a candidate? Um, we certainly evaluate everyone on an individual basis. So any new patient coming to our cancer center begins um, at our multidisciplinary clinic. That means we meet as a tumor board prior to the visit. So all of the doctors and staff involved in their care meet ahead of time to review their diagnosis, review their pathology, all of their imaging and we make a list of the treatment options. Then we meet with the patients and their families who are there. Um, each doctor meets with them one by one to present to them the options and treatment recommendations. Um, so uh, consideration for IORT would follow the similar process of uh, meeting with us and having a consultation and finding out what is the best treatment option for you. Are there some women who get diagnosed with an early stage breast cancer who don't need radiation therapy? That's a very Dr. good Shepard. question. Um, certainly, you know, we look at all the factors and each treatment plan is individualized. Um, in the past, many different things have been looked at in the clinical trials, including patient age. Um, we don't strictly go by patient's age. We'll look at, you know, their comorbidities, what their priorities are, um, and really in, try to individualize each patient's treatment plan. So if we have an elderly woman, woman who has other comorbidities, she may be able to avoid radiation altogether. Uh, someone who has very favorable disease biology, um, and elderly could avoid radiation altogether. So we really try to customize. Um, there's no one-size-fits-all answer here, and I think that's a benefit of being seen by a treatment team where we can really look at all patient factors and uh, really 
the patient leaves with a comprehensive plan moving forward. And just to um, comorbidity means like other health issues? Uh, other or health diseases. issues, you know, if someone has diabetes or heart problems, you know, if you know, a woman has other priorities and may not value, you know, preserving a breast and would prefer to have a bigger surgery like a mastectomy, you know, all that's those issues. That's still an alternative, that's, that's still an okay. alternative, although that's become a lot less common these days. Um, so we, you know, we look at all the patient factors and we have a lengthy discussion when we first meet. Well, can we talk about are there risks or reasons um, that a person might not want to have it done this way? Are there things to be aware of? I think the thing to consider is that it's one of the newer treatments. So while the clinical trials and research that has been done um, demonstrates that it's safe, we don't have... um, as long of a, a follow-up term, you know, the patients have not been followed for 20 or 30 years as they have been for other means of treatment. So um, I think the key is that in offering the treatment, we're making a careful decision in patient selection and deciding who's eligible. And the patient is also um, agreeable to having a treatment that's a little bit newer. Okay, great. Well, I've got some more questions for you, but let me remind listeners, uh, you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with surgeon Lisa Lai and radiation oncologist Anna Shapiro about intraoperative radiation therapy for breast cancer. Um, I wanted to see if I can get you to walk me through sort of the process for this, like the day of the procedure. Once you've um, selected a patient and she's ready for this, um, does she come in that morning and go home that night, or how does it work? Mm-hmm. So um, she would come in, you know, in the morning, and um, sometimes uh, procedures are needed by the radiologist first. So if it's a tiny tumor that we cannot feel on exam, that may need to be localized by the radiologist. Um, there may also be a procedure to identify a lymph node under the arm that we need to check um, to see if the cancer has spread. So that's all done before the operating room. And are those imaging scans, Dr. Shapiro, or how? Yes, they're imaging scans and sometimes um, small interventional procedures by the radiologist. Okay, all right. Yep. Then she would meet with the entire team, um, the surgeon, the radiation oncologist, the anesthesiologist, the nurses, and other staff at, who are participating in the procedure. We would go back to the operating room. The patient would be under anesthesia, so fully asleep. And um, we would check uh, the lymph node. Um, So a lymph node or two would be removed, checked by the pathologist. We would make sure that the cancer has not spread there. And then we would remove the tumor. And insert. You said, and let me just interrupt. You said tumor, but could it be more than one tumor that you're working on, or is it typically one? Okay. No, this would just be for one tumor. Okay. And um, so once that tumor is out, we would then put a balloon into the empty space. Then the radiation oncologist would come, connect that to a machine, which delivers the dose. And the treatment would take around 10 minutes. After that, we would withdraw the balloon and completely close up the empty space, close the skin with sutures that are under the, sorry, stitches under the skin that are completely dissolvable. And um, the patient awakes from anesthesia, goes to recovery for about an hour, and then gets to go home. 
So this is, um, the patient is, is open, the, the wound is open when you're applying the radiator, or the balloon, so you're actually physically setting the balloon in there. Right, where okay. the tumor was. Okay. Yeah, and that allows the dose to be given right to that okay. spot. So both of you are at the patient's bedside, mm -hmm. I mean, working together um, in the OR for this procedure. That's correct, and that's one of the benefits of um, this procedure is that you can really visualize what your target is. Now, Dr. Shapiro, are there side effects from getting such a concentrated dose of radiation all at once? There could be some minor side effects. Um, the, they're very similar to what we normally would see with external beam radiation, but to a more limited area. So the main side effects we would expect would be some redness on the skin surface. Um, sometimes you can get um, slightly pronounced scarring in the surgical cavity, but that, that's pretty much the extent of uh, what was described in the clinical trials. Um, overall, patients have expressed a very um, excellent uh, cosmesis. Over 90% of patients in the cl clinical trial were very happy with their cosmetic outcome. Okay, great. And then it doesn't sound like the recovery is much different um, than just, just surgery alone, right? Exactly. You go home that evening and mm -hmm. recover. Mm -hmm. Now, um, let me ask you this, Dr. Lai. Does chemotherapy fit into this still um, sometimes? Sometimes, yes. Um, so the surgery and the radiation are the local treatments of the breast. Um, but the decision for chemotherapy is made um, when we have... Um, evidence that there's higher risk of recurrence and we need something systemic for treatment to so to travel from your head to your toes basically treating any loose cancer cells that may be there so while many of these patients are those with early stage breast cancer favorable breast cancers and they may not need chemotherapy there are some who will still need chemotherapy after this procedure Okay, and then um, endocrine therapy or hormone therapy, that might be part of a treatment plan as well yes. afterward, though. Yep, along the same lines for the chemotherapy. Yep. In addition to this intraoperative option, I know there's a range of other options for radiation therapy. How do you decide which is best for an individual patient? It's really tailored to each individual. The tumor, their priorities, um, what the work, family, travel situation may be, really trying to make it less intrusive, um, make, help them get through the treatment in the best possible way, you know, less interruption to their work schedule, to their family obligations. Okay. Well, I appreciate you explaining all of this. Yeah, thank, thank you for, you having, for having us. us. Um, my guests have been surgeon Dr. Lisa Lai and radiation oncologist Dr. Anna Shapiro. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.